1: Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communication experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom brand apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format prints for signs as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-47468. Aloha,
0: I'm Alex. I'm Julie. And we're foodies sharing food while chatting about Boise and whatever else is on our plate this week. Hi, everybody. This is Dan
2: Balliff with City Peanut Shop in downtown Boise, Idaho. And today I prepared for you... Some of our fantastic wildlands mix, which is uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Frank's Virginia redskin peanuts, which are amazing. And some maple bacon vegan cashews, barbecue nuts, and maple syrup pecans. They're all incredible.
1: So, And when you said prepared for us, you really mean that because uh, you actually roast them yourself, don't you?
2: We do. I don't do a lot of the roasting myself anymore, but I, uh, I am always involved.
0: Could you tell us more about that process? I'm so interested in how nuts are made
2: yeah absolutely we um we buy as you know we buy nuts sourced from mostly from the u.s except for cashews which come from vietnam typically vietnam oh okay yeah and then then we um you know so i get my my almonds from a local person here whose um family still owns the old almond farm in california
0: oh my gosh that's awesome you know whenever i think of someone looking for nuts i'm like oh well city peanut obviously is the best nut source yeah
2: and I do my best to buy, buy from local sources, but of course there's not a lot of nuts in Idaho um, of that yeah. type.
0: How do you pick the flavors? You have so many even here today. Uh, you know, it's
2: just whatever, whatever just falls into my mind and when I collaborate with people and, or if I see some opportunity. And, and what's really helpful about that is that I'm not a culinary person, so I have no background in it. Mm-hmm. So what's great is that I can do silly things that a, a trained person might look at and go, that would never work, and make it work. So, have you ever had a
1: failure, or do do you uh, just keep working on it till you get it right?
2: Um, you know, to be honest, we haven't had too many that were failures. I've had some that didn't work out real well. Like I, made, I used to make this beautiful honey almond um, with where I'd roast almonds in in local honey, and then use a potato masher and make a big four by four pan of like a big um, mosaic of almonds. And when it cooled off enough, and there, there was like this big mosaic, I could pick up and knock them down that was kind of a failure for two reasons one is that bees would always come into the shop they find a way <laughs> in. oh goodness seriously in downtown i don't know where these bees came from honeybees but they'd come in and then i always felt bad that they died in the store and then um not a bunch of them but a few and then um the almonds would get a little too sticky but after they you know depending on weather but anyway i, I mm-hmm. don't have very many failures no
1: Well, that's good because you told me you had quite a few different flavors. How many flavors now?
2: I think we've done over 50. I think right now. Oh, my gosh. um, You know, in the store, I've got probably 48.
0: I love your spreadable peanut butter. I've been using it religiously these days.
2: That stuff is so addictive. Perfect consistency. People are crazy about it. The the honey roasted peanut butter is, we actually send it around the world for people because it's so addictive.
0: You know, I know you started with a different background. Does that kind of contribute to the way you see business with food? you know what the the primary thing that i brought from working in
2: high tech at hewlett packard for all those years was that Mm -hmm. it was a really collaborative thing in the 80s and 90s when at the height of the tech boom that tech boom anyway yeah and everybody collaborated to make each other successful and so that's what i've really tried to carry i had really great leaders like uh, don curtis and and uh and rich Ramonde and um and uh at, at who's at cradle point now and we you know, they all showed us that collaboration worked and helping each other be successful work. And that's why HP was such an incredibly good company and, and revolutionized that whole printing thing. So, and, wow. and
1: I hate, to, I will say this, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, my Both of my children have worked for Dan, and he's a great boss. So, I love that. Yeah, they both have worked from, um, well, my son worked when he was in high school, and my daughter has worked while she's been in college, but they both love working at City Peanut. It's a great place to work.
2: Yeah, we love having um, them, yeah.
1: You, you've had the business a long time now, so uh, mm-hmm. how long is that, 11 years, is that right?
2: About 11.3 years, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then what, What I'm, I'm curious, you're sitting around thinking about, well, where should I go when I uh, leave Hewlett-Packard, and... You go, I'm going to open a peanut shop. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean- <laughs> first, I, I had
2: a little detour. I kind of I, First, I worked for a Japanese company and did consulting and flew to New Jersey once a month on strategic kind of stuff about the printing industry. And then I... Oh, wow. That was a six-month contract. And so I mm-hmm. didn't work for a year after that because it was a fairly lucrative one. And then I... Um, and then I went to work for a German company that was hoping to open a branch here in Boise. And I hmm. went to interview with this guy and realized that he worked for me when I worked in, when I lived <gasps> in Amsterdam. Oh my I mean, gosh. I mean, I kind of knew that, but I didn't really, didn't know that who he was exactly. And and, uh, it, and so it turned out Raymond says, I know you because I worked for you in Rotterdam, and, but I'd never met him in person. It was over the phone. So Right. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And so I helped us, I helped him. And, um, as he established his company that did a lot of work on behalf of Hewlett Packard in, in Boise. So, um, we did consulting and training around the world. So I got to do some really fun travel with that.
0: That is so awesome. I always think of city peanut as like such a pinnacle of our community and it's kind of, it's definitely what I enjoy about it for sure.
2: I appreciate that. I, you know, the, my one, if you, if I look back at my slides on my goal, when I wanted to start the company, mm-hmm. start the business, and I'd never been an entrepreneur before, and I really wanted to try it. Um, after hanging around downtown, I just fell in love with downtown more. Mm-hmm. I mean, re-fell in love with it. I've been here since 1981, except for my couple of years in Amsterdam. But I, I just, I just was hanging around, and it was kind of a lot of vacant storefronts. It was the right in the heart of the recession. It yeah, um, the change 2009. Period. It was it, things were terrible, mm-hmm. and a lot of empty st- stores on Bannock Street. And I just fell in love with it, and I thought what can I do to, to make something work? And, um, and I, and my number one goal was over anything else was to be, become an iconic part of the community. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted people 30, 40 years from now to, to remember going to the peanut shop or a city peanut shop, um,
0: I think you could make nuts clo- a close second to potatoes here for sure. <laughs> well, I,
1: I actually think you've achieved that. I think Agreed. people do know where the peanut shop is when you mention it. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you really do represent like the heartbeat of America's small business. You have a storefront, you're opening a employees. Second, second location. And you, how many employees do you have? You employ quite a few people.
2: Well, depending on the season, typically about 11 part-time people, um, eight to 11, and then sometimes more in the holidays. But, you know, my—I think that as a small business owner, your obligation or your, your duty to your community, which you are the face of, um, is to represent the culture of that community. So my mm. my belief system, the way I grew up, um, was that small business, when you went in there, it was it reflected the cultures and the value and the and the culture of the local community, and that's what, what do you I think our cultures are? Is. Can I ask? Yeah, I, I I think our culture is friendly you know i hear that all the time um friendly um uh, um, open space oriented obviously right i mean Mm -hmm. um, embrace being outdoors um there's a lot of love for the city you know so people love their city even though there's a lot of complaints right now because we're we're so popular but Mm -hmm. my my take on that is you can either have a city people want to move to or a city people want to move away from and i'd rather have the one they want to move to 100 percent and i and i give a credit to a everybody going back to the eighties for their vision, Um, Republican and Democrat all the way along who ran the city over those years, the mayors we've had are all great. Um, As far as that goes, um, if creating that open space and the, you know, people want to live here. And we, those of us who live here want to live here because, it's an environment that's um, lets us be outside and I think people reflect their environment of where they live at. And so that's the culture I see in Boise. It's an open community. People are friendly and are proud of their community and they love their city
0: and they want, um, they want good things to happen. And you know, when I think about it coming from Hawaii, I feel like Boise actually has quite an aloha spirit. Something Mm -hmm. about the area just has a warmth to it. That's not geographic.
2: Yes, that's absolutely true. And we, we, you know, and that stuff doesn't, as, it, as the lo, lo, local folks get diluted, you know, we have to work harder at maintaining that.
1: So I yeah. think uh, my Facebook frequently reflects what you're talking about, Dan, because uh, just this weekend people were up at Bogus, and, I mean, that's a short drive, and they had blue skies and wonderful snow, and they were out enjoying themselves. Yeah. And so that's... Um, um, and then soon it will be spring, and we'll all be down on the green belt with our bikes and are out walking. And I read in the newspaper that even during the difficult time of COVID, our parks were used more than they've ever been used in history. So people really do want to get outdoors when they live here. Yeah, it's been and a, we're, Yeah, we're f- we're really fortunate to have a nice twenty a uh, year around season. Yes, not yeah. twenty four hours, but year around. So Those full seasons They're for full, sure. Yeah.
2: And, and I want people to remember that that stuff doesn't just, you know, open space doesn't happen. I mean, the green belt was, was, was because of these incredible visionaries that saw that way before really? city planners were doing that stuff in the 70s. You know, they envisioned a riverfront pathway. And same with the foothills. You know, it started by a couple of two or three women that were used to hike up there and then heard there was going to be a big development on 8th Street. And those of us who lived there at the time rallied around it. So uh-huh. it's a, you know, this stuff doesn't happen by accident. You actively have to make a good city.
1: And you have a brand new nut that reflects that. It's got what's its <laughs> oh. name? Oh,
2: the Wildlands mix. And it's I got to give some credit to the folks that uh, started uh, Bluebird and then have Petite Four and Oh Morgan. gosh, the Kellys are yes, so great. They are wonderful. And Sarah got a hold of me and said, you know, we want a cocktail nut for um, Petite Four. And um, oh my gosh, what an honor! Mm, and I said, well, okay, but because you can, you know, she's a pretty picky person. Which <laughs> all, She's a
0: reputable chef in this community. All chefs sure, are, right? right. And oh. so
2: I just said, why don't you just give me a list of highlights of what you'd like to see in a profile and we'll make it happen. And then Zach, who works with me, um, whipped it out. First batch, it was incredibly perfect. There was no, and it's been extremely popular, but it is a wild land. So it does reflect our our values, right? We love well, wild lands. I just, yeah, we do. I
1: just tried a little of it. And just mm-hmm. so our listeners can know, it's it's got a little bit of spice to it. And it has uh, has a number of different nuts. You want to tell me what nuts are in yeah. it, Dan?
2: So first of all, you know, I grew up in Michigan and I worked at a sugar bush. I used to climb over a fence and go empty maple syrup buckets as a kid for this farmer across the street, Mr. Openlander. And so, um, you know, I always use maple syrup as a binder for my products because I get whole spices and things to hold without using a lot of other stuff. Additives, yeah. And so, um, you know, we put pecans, almonds, cashews, pepitas, um, some um i think paprika smoked or some chili red chili and then um um rosemary and the rosemary comes through really nice but it works beautifully and and uh he came up with it pretty quickly and it just it didn't need any alteration it's amaz- it's an amazing mix it's a very good you can't stop once you start and um, then I brought some barbecue peanuts, which are, you know, Scott from MFT barbecue. I don't know if you've worked oh, with him, but love him. He is a character and I love him. And um, he and his, he, he and his, uh, his crew and um, you know, we were, we met up and I, I said, I might try some of your barbecue sauce on some peanuts. And so we came up with this MFT barbecue peanut and it doesn't, you know, his barbecue sauce isn't the typical kind of smoky kind of barbecue sauce. It's really incredibly complex. And, So those peanuts are my, that's the most favorite thing I make. Wildlands would be second most favorite. And then of course the vegan maple bacon cashews, which are maple syrup and bacon, bacon spices and um, a little brown sugar and cashews. Um, Those are really popular too.
0: I feel like we've been seeing a lot of vegans in the community and vegetarians and these different food focuses. Mm -hmm. I did want to ask you, you know, with the focus on this podcast being the state of food. Yes what do you think is the future you know what's the future not of boise or idaho well i i think
2: um my thought is that um food is going to keep getting better because um you're going to find more special specialization mm-hmm. we're seeing it with all the delivery services now somebody who may not have a location a retail location can sell you cookies like that you know we've got a couple places that deliver cookies at night with milk and yeah and and you're mm-hmm. going to see more and more specialization like that i think and then you know, because we have such a rich um, winery, cidery, brewery community, mm-hmm. I, you know, think about those opportunities that we have. You know, if we have a city this size with 25, 28, 30 breweries in it. We're um, getting there. I think we were at yeah. 24 the last time I checked. And maybe, yeah. even And I think maybe even more now with Twisted District. Um, but I think we're, I think you're, you've got a all lot all of opportunities for food trucks to get out there and roll into these locations and expose their products to people right so i, I think mm-hmm. um, you're going to see a lot more of that um, i wrote a couple notes here oh, but i love it um I, I also think that um everybody's you know we're getting we have a pretty rich ethnic community so you know all mm-hmm. those ethnic food things and and people are interested in trying new things so i think you're going to see more high quality specialization um one-off kind of things to yeah to, you then- know sort of like what i did
1: and I totally. also think uh, well I just tried your cashew it was excellent. Thank you. And um, Is that the wild mixed? No, I, the wild mix I tried earlier. This is just the cashew. Oh, okay. With well oh, maple bacon. Maple, maple bacon, bacon on. Bacon. Oh, okay. And um Uh, You're going to see more uh, collaboration, I think, too, because uh, you. not only are you doing the barbecue nuts, which are popular, but you've been collaborating with some of the beer places. Is that not right?
2: Yeah, so when Paya Brewing opened, I approached them and said, hey, um, what about taking some beer ingredients and using them on a nut? We could co-brand, and so I do an IPA peanut that's been really
0: popular. Was that how your nut started with beer, was Paya? Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow. And then... um, I did a Pistol Air Porter one and a Rustler IPA one, and they've um, they've been really popular. We've kind of genericized them a little bit more, but um, those I was using beer malt and beer ingredients a long time ago, and we actually use the hops, um, Centennial hops, and sometimes I use, use Mill ninety five hops and do. Nuts oh, for I them. love them! They are such great beer. They so, are, are. so
1: I have images now. You're opening a new shop, so I want to be yeah. sure you mention that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have images of you. I've seen the roaster when it was downtown and I have images of you around it with your people who roast and try a little bit of this and try Mm -hmm. a little bit of that. Is that how you do it?
2: Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I didn't, I worked pretty much by myself. I did have a chef that helped me out with getting the kitchen set up because I don't have any culinary background and and I
0: think now you say you can say you do well
2: I do but I really not schooled in it and I mean I guess maybe by experience but yeah I think I have a pretty good palate um I can taste things well so um you know he helped me out but you know I was able to just kind of say well I wonder what this would taste like together and I just throw together something and make it work um uh Cameron, who owns Fork, and um, his chef at the time, his head chef before they opened, came to me and asked me if I would um, create a nut for one of their dishes they were thinking about. And I said, well, what are you thinking about? Oh, we'd like a pecan, something that's not too strong. Okay, well, we want it to be spicy. I said, how about cayenne? Because I have got I could put maple syrup and cayenne on there and a little oh, bit yum. of cinnamon. And, and so those have been really popular. And quite a few restaurants in town use them now we probably have over 50 wholesale accounts where we work with restaurants and breweries and bars and cideries and wineries and things like that. And that's really been, that really helped us out through the
0: pandemic. Diversification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was happy to do the pride nut a few years ago. If you remember that brought me
2: so much joy. Those pride nuts are fun and um, we'll, we do it every year. and, And then I did have a, I have a fun one when the legislature opens. A little too touchy this year to do it, but I had a right wing and a left wing nut. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the, the, the right wing nut cell. <laughs> the no. right wing nut is just the right hand side of the Capitol Dome, red, and then uh-huh. the left wing nut is blue.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: you know, I had some fun with Yum. that. I, I teased <laughs> yeah. a little bit.
1: So I, uh, I just was busily over here chewing somebody. People probably heard me on the toffee. Oh yeah, and and, and I wanted to find out now when you make toffee, you don't attract bees. I mean, no. how, how do you do that? And I mean, it's clearly not just the nut; it's a, a real toffee. Just well,
2: well, we use a brittle recipe, and, and I'm sorry, it, it's brittle. Yeah, not just a just a nut brittle, and we use you know we do the <laughs> same recipe with um, pecans, almond or not almonds. We've stopped doing that, but um, pecans, cashews, pistachios, and and Virginia Redskin peanuts, which are premium peanut, and um, and we hand stretch it. So that's the difference. Most brittle now is poured and they pour it because it's a lot faster process and then they just kind of cut it or break it and ours are when you take it and pull on it and stretch it manipulate it like it's done with candy and Mm -hmm. breads and stuff it it introduces air into the process and and thins it out and makes it uh, more more brittle or more more chewy or less less it doesn't doesn't get in your teeth it's just more crunchy i guess i was gonna say it was
0: perfectly crunching and buttery yeah Yeah. when i bit
1: into it it was a nice if i'm sure people heard me it was a nice big crack but uh so do you just make it in big pans then is that
2: yeah we use it and we make it in a big in a big pan type thing and and then pour it out and wear um a pair of thermal gloves with rubber gloves over the top of it and are really careful because it you have i bet it can get hot yeah you have to use a long spatula and then you stretch it and oh my gosh and pull it apart and it's really it's really a kind of a fun process to do um i used to be working on it and then customers would come in and I'd say can you wait just a minute because i worked alone because i didn't have much business in the first year or two uh-huh so it was it was a challenge and then we make um really good flavored corns um the peanut butters we have a few nut butters and then um Yeah. Flavored corns, tree nuts and peanuts.
0: And so I was going to say, I know we were talking about a little bit about how you started City peanut, but Mm -hmm. I know a little bit more of the story. So I have to dig in more (laughs) on why you picked a nut. Yes. I know we've talked about it before in your childhood.
2: Yes. So I grew up in in Michigan in my hometown of Lansing. There's an old peanut shop that's been there 80 years, and we'd go in there as a family. And then when I'd go back to visit, my sister worked at the telephone company across the street, and we'd you know we'd walk over at lunch, and she'd always take me to the peanut shop. And so my father, every time he'd come to visit here in Boise, and this is the reason that he's on the on the Frank's Virginia Redskin bag. That's a picture of him in his airplane in 1947. Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, he uh, he, when I was coming, I'd be complaining about being in an airport or getting stuck in Canada somewhere, or, or you know, being Amsterdam. in a cubicle, or yeah. yeah, or having to, you know, eating something strange somewhere. And he uh, he'd say, "You should just open a peanut shop, and Boise. everybody loves, everybody's happy when they come in a peanut shop." And it was a family joke for twenty years. And I thought, well, I'll show the old man. And yeah. Uh, so when I when I was looking into it I actually wanted to do something in the beer world. So my brother and I who lived in who worked in Amsterdam together, uh-huh. we're going to do kind of a bottle shop like in Belgium or something. But oh, okay. I realized cuz I had kind of a competitive intelligence background in mm-hmm. business, I realized, "Oh shoot, you know, these bottles that the breweries are bottling and selling are going to be all over the place in the next 5 years. You'll see them in all the Alberts and stores and everywhere." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's not going to work. So I started thinking, "Okay, what's what can be re- reinvented. So I, I wanted to reinvent something that was a classic that would be that no, it never goes out of style because too much food is trendy and you know, 100% and I mean, looking
0: at my industry, you know, right. Food media, we're constantly yes. looking at the next thing and you know, gosh, when a kale trend or avocado or something <laughs> happens, people go a little bit crazy. And so yeah. it's been interesting to see that in the food sector because, not necessarily healthy to you know follow food trends yeah and it can
2: it can fade pretty quick and you you can be left with a bunch of uh, empty storefronts so i thought what you know what never goes out of style and it's and i started thinking about what my dad said and i I, so i looked into it and the shelf life is good you know so i can buy the raw product store it you just not much food waste right you don't waste money on restaurants and everybody it's food waste Mm and i you know so it was and they're easy to keep and you know, you can store them for a year or two if you do it right. Um, Has
0: there been any favorite uh, recipe collabs you had with restaurants or anything like that in the past?
2: Well, I mean, the Wildlands was probably my, my most favorite. Happiest. Um, uh, gosh, there's been so many. I'd have to, I can't think of Go one. back in time. Yeah. I
0: know that I always see your nuts everywhere. So I know it must be hard to think of one in particular. Yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge right now to...
1: Well, while you're thinking about that, I was going to say you did, though, successfully do one thing your father pointed out to you, which is that it does make people happy.
2: It does. I I don't have unhappy customers.
1: And, yes, they don't have to come in. They only come in if they want to buy nuts. And we always get nuts for Christmas from your shop. And all of us, even though we know you well and we know your product and my kids have worked for you, Everybody is excited to get a gift from, so from City Peanut. No, they are. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, my son now lives in Seattle, and he makes orders and uh, gets them shipped up there because he likes them so well, and I'm sure there's other peanut shops up there, but his his heart remains in Boise with the iconic City Peanut shop. You know, so. it's funny.
0: I had a cousin visit recently, Natasha, and I instantly was like, of course I have to bring her to City Peanut." Um, and I brought her in and I didn't know, you know, if what she would respond. Cause she's not from the area. So she doesn't know city peanut is a cornerstone. She loved it. She had the Louisiana nut, the Cajun nuts. Oh yeah. And yeah. she was just raving. Well, that makes me, that makes me happy. It's a, that's the fun part. You
2: know, a lot of it's, mm-hmm. um, I got lucky right at the beginning. I, there's a guy named Glenn Rumler that somebody introduced me to as a branding guy, and uh-huh. man. I, you know, part of it. One of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit was yeah, that please. my job too is to um, as as part of the community. Mm-hmm. One of the trends I think is going to happen even more and more is that during the pandemic, people finally started to get the message about buying local and how important it is to your local community and to the fabric mm-hmm. of your fabric of your city. About you know when you if you lose the places that are local, you do lose that face of the community. It could be you could be anywhere. Oh you my could be gosh! In, yeah, you could be in uh, Denver. You could be in. In Hawaii. Canton, Ohio, you could be anywhere and you wouldn't know that you're in a, in a unique city, but, um, you know, food and other local businesses make give the city their identity. And so I think hyperlocalism is going to be another thing. You know, it's already yeah. started. You're people,
0: see that accentuation of the yeah, trend.
2: Yeah. And I, I think people now, because they're so afraid of losing their local businesses and they've been seeing it happen, unfortunately, um, they're really, that really paid off for us at Christmas time. People. Embraced buying local, which is so important. Which is, you know, what Buy Idaho does as a as an organization in the state here that I'm yeah. part of, mm-hmm. and you know, so hyperlocalism. So everything I do, I try to brand because people love this community so much. You know, it's it's greetings from Boise, greeting from Idaho. I represent. I have bicycles on. You know, a lot of the gift tins that we do uh-huh. really try to share. Um, a they're piece like of the Boise. Old, Yeah, they're like old-fashioned postcards. You know.
1: So yeah. uh just to help me out here if I wanted to send Uncle Joe uh something for his birthday I could go online now you have it all online yep. and yep. Oh
0: wow the whole process.
1: and and pick out uh I don't know that you have everything online do you just but you could something that could be sent easily you could just order it and you would send it out for me is that
2: Yeah we're doing um we've really gotten into the, the holiday made us really think our rethink our strategy online, and we fixed it up. We had a six hundred and forty percent increase in Christmas.
0: Oh my gosh! Year over
2: year on Christmas sales, which saved us because we were down about twenty percent for the first three quarters. Okay, so it yeah, was going to be really and empty. usually we grow twenty percent a year. So we were on a downhill slant for the year. Mm-hmm my wife who retired recently i'm jumping and said we need to get this web thing fixed and i'm like i'm too busy to think about it the holidays are coming well she and my son and who's a photographer and videographer oh
0: my gosh great
2: jumped in there and we they man we got it fixed up and it made a huge difference and brought us up to a break-even point for the year versus a huge loss and our packaging costs and things were a lot higher this year i mean there's a lot of costs associated with COVID, but Mm -hmm. at least we didn't lose money or yeah yeah we didn't we stayed about even as as about the same as the year before instead okay. of a loss, you know, which is what unfortunately most businesses are experiencing. So it was I was really grateful for their help and and the community for showing their love so much.
1: Well, and and, and I just wanted to point out that people could do that because I do know some people are still reluctant. We're sitting yeah. here in our masks, by the way. Yes. Um, except when we're eating the nuts, I just um, let them
0: right in my mask. Can't then, even see.
1: Uh, <laughs> just so everyone knows. We are being careful, um, but people don't necessarily aren't, not everyone is comfortable coming down and coming in. And And I do think, by the way, I do think that something we really all miss with COVID is that Boise is a walkable community Mm -hmm. and we're really used to walking. I used to walk for blocks downtown and just stop in stores. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done that for a while. I do still walk, but I am reluctant to go into stores. So the fact that you have it, Online, I think, is real important for people. I, I saw when I peeked online uh, an almond that was coated with sh- sugar uh, in a jar.
2: Oh yeah, oh. We, we're doing some nice uh, greeting, some Boise mason jars <gasps> over, for Valentine's Day, oh and my then gosh, cute. has a little image of the state. And then, um, you know, our gift tins are really. I I did. A, I'm trying to do some geographic things. So because I because people, we have some iconic places in the state. So. We have a Mount Bora tin that's really cool. And then, a, you know, everything, our, our tins are cool. I love tins. They're old-fashioned. They're totally recyclable. They come from
0: recyclable materials. I think that's actually a huge strength of yours as your design eye has been very Thank key you. in creating that City Peanut brand, and it's something I know kind of to look for.
1: Yeah, and, like, if you if you really, and I'm not just talking about Christmas, if you need to get a gift for somebody, uh, it's a, just a great place to buy something that you. I can guarantee you Person will be happy with, particularly like I know my husband absolutely loves your really hot stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't eat. So, and hot. you have a number of a selection of hot items. In yeah, and way. I
2: brought one of those Reaper peanuts, yeah. It's a, it's a, so you know, like a habanero's eight, 800,000 Scoville units. Um, most um, peppers are 1.1, and this is 2.2 million oh goodness units. gracious so this will make you
0: perspire okay well i think i'm going to try that nut for everyone so stay tuned here he's gonna, a little scared he's so gonna cry
1: alex is leaning forward he's getting ready to take a but i tell you my family the men in my family always eat this hot stuff and i just cannot
2: it julie just eat one and don't touch your eye right <laughs>
0: <laughs> or anything else
2: <laughs> hey, the, the fire
0: is immediate to your mouth usually there's like a trick usually with spice this was not a trick this is oh it builds it's not super intense but it's it's powerful his voice is going to change here in a minute yeah i think this is the
2: hottest thing yeah I've had. your
1: voice is going up Ooh. you just lost your deep voice for
0: you can't see him but he's glistening <laughs> wow i feel a little red yes his glasses he, yes, are steaming up yes, I like glasses
1: it. are steaming now it did take has- some
0: t- some of the some of the brittle to help but it's not helping maybe I take a really
2: sick pleasure in giving these to people. <laughs> 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 My favorite thing at the capital city public market is to one of these young guys walk up and they, they go, you got anything spicy? You say, Oh yeah, I guess I'm I love spice. And then they walk away choking and it makes me feel good. I don't
0: know why. <laughs> this is the challenge guys. You have to go over to city peanut and try the Reaper uh, Carolina pepper nut. And don't forget to wash the, those hands before. Well yes. <laughs> and don't touch your eyes because that heat eyes. builds. Um, and
1: so and that isn't the only hot nut that he has because uh now I am not remembering it, but you have um uh, my family likes a different one, uh
2: the ghost pepper one. Yes, the, there the it is. The igniter. Ghost, yes, the
1: yeah. ghost, it's a little less, not quite so strong. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to be like Dan and have a mean cackle as the person <laughs> walks away choking, <laughs> there are uh, other spices that are not quite as strong. But, but if
0: you can handle the heat, come on down. Try <laughs> the challenge with me. Yeah. I work with a local chocolate
2: company called um, um, Dream Chocolate, and they make bars for people all over the world. But we did, uh, oh. we did. But I had them or a 34% milk chocolate with those ghost pepper oh, wow. peanuts in there. So it's really nice because the contrast you can taste the, the sweet kind of counteracts the ghost pepper and it makes it really edible. Even my wife can eat those. And um, um, and we also made chocolate. What was really cool is I made chocolate bars out of the pay up beer nuts. So we oh, did yum. three of them. One was um, 65% dark with a pistolero porter almond. And Target started buying those, so they bought seventy thousand. You a got year. bought
0: by Target, mm. Well,
2: Dream Chocolate did, yeah. So through them, through them, but know, still, so,
0: that's but, huge. Yeah. And by the way, know. I'm going to warn you guys: your tongue may get numb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if Alex starts, <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I start blabbing. <laughs> You may
2: so, never be able to reproduce this.
1: Okay, it's, a, I, it's okay. I, I want to go <laughs> back and goal. make sure I heard right. Did you say 70,000 of those bars went Every, to Target? I
2: think for 3 years they'd buy about 70,000 a year, but it, you know, it gets to be it's really tough if you're a small food manufacturer and you're and you're trying to sell to Someone Mass like that because their pricing is, they crush you on pricing so much that it, mm-hmm. at some point it wasn't worth it for either one of us for him to continue to do that. But it's, uh, yeah. but he, uh, he, he successfully marketed it to them and he, you know, so anyway, we do a lot of wholesale. So I'm in the airport and the Albertsons, you know, another thing I want to do is thank the local food community, the Boise co-ops have always been fantastic to us and we're in both the co-ops and, you know, the Albertsons Marketplace stores, two of them, Broadway mm-hmm. and Fairview and then. You know, Lark and Larder and all the small, the small folks, uh, uh, the greens. small and large, and and Whole Foods who helped us out during the pandemic because they they, they made an effort to push local products, which is was so, so awesome. I'm so grateful to all all you guys. I'm thankful for all you did for us. So thank you. So we
0: could go to any grocery store to get a city peanut then
2: not any but um the the market the alberton's marketplaces they're focused more on local Uh and then the the boise co-ops both of them and and whole foods so and there's different varieties there and then all the breweries of course and the wineries and cideries and other small jd's bodega has been a great supporter jd really reached out to the community and i love JD
0: so much he's funny sorry about that actually years ago people told me that um Boise wouldn't understand what a bodega was. And I disagreed with them. And JD started the next year.
2: Yep. Yep. You were right. And, you know, he's he's kind of one of the trend things I think about, too. So people are expecting good quality food, especially younger people expect unique, good quality food, um, even at places you normally wouldn't expect it, like gas That's stations. Holy and salad both, at JD's was amazing. And he has it, you know, so you can go in there and find, go, you know, really good quality food, which is not typical for a, what you'd think of as a convenience store.
1: Yeah. well i I just am so thrilled that you were able to join us today because uh I think you achieved your goal that you started out to achieve eleven years ago to become iconic i Agreed. I really do think that City peanut is part of the heart of Boise and. Um, so, and just to think of how I was thinking, we've really not talked about p- peanuts with the exception of the spreadable peanut butter, yeah. because you have so many other choices to talk about. And yeah. that's really fun. I think that's the
0: cool well, thing. You. You're all about nuts and we're excited to see where the nuts go here in the future.
2: Well, we're going to come up with some new stuff. I'm working with, um, apothec, apotheca-
0: apothecary, Apothecaf.
2: Fair, oh, oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always give Bree a hard Castina, time. Castina, yeah, yeah, on the qu- by C Street. Yeah. No, it's um on Vista next to me. There, she used to be in the Federal Building, but the she's oh, Bree she used moved. to work at Dawson Taylor. She got a little coffee okay. place up there, yeah. mm-hmm. Apothecary Coffee Carium. Yeah.
0: Apothe coffee Yes.
2: And so anyway, she she's
1: Is that the name of a business or her name? Yeah.
2: And it's Ione the bitters. They do Ione is- bitters and and apothecafficarium and and so she said, Well, let's make an espresso brittle. So we just are working on it now. It's gonna be really good. It's gonna mm-hmm. be um that we're gonna sounds use good. espresso that she she's getting roasted locally. Mm-hmm. And we'll we're using it in the brittle. The first batches were really good, but I wanna sprinkle a little more espresso into the brittle as we pull it so that it's a lot more strong strongly flavored but so that's mm-hmm. one of the new ones we're coming up with and um and then i want to reinvent the i a few years ago for the basque one of the big basque events that happened every five years oh we, yes what? i did a um basque i asked the uh, basque community what would work and they yeah. said uh, I, it was called a, the basque name i can't pronounce <gasps>
0: you're but you're making was, a basque night oh that's mm-hmm. gonna go well so it's called the
2: sweet little thing is the basque translation but uh-huh. it, the that's a fun name um it was basically a cocoa okay. and espresso and on an almond, and it's incredible oh. for coffee in the morning. So I mean, well, that to,
1: sounds wonderful.
2: That's my next goal. Is that'll be my next new one? I got to reinvent that.
1: So when you launch these new items, you've got two that you mentioned to us. How will our listeners know they can come in and get them? What do you? What are they? Are where gonna, can we follow you? Will it be a certain time? Yes, we need to have your well, both Instagram
2: at City Peanut um, on Instagram and. I can't remember. If it's City Peanut, City Peanut Shop, um, and then um, City Peanut on Facebook and citypeanut.com dot com on, on uh, for the website. But um, and then we're we're getting a lot more active on trying to. We'll be doing some more um, blogging and and more communication than we have been in the past. Now that I have some help, so
1: awesome. we can watch just watch the social media and yes. follow you that way. Yeah,
2: we'll promote it through social media primarily. We we do some advertising, but. I always believe and still believe that the best advertising is word of mouth. When you make somebody oh, 100%. happy, they will people, you know, that whole sense of discovery, people love to be the one that discovers something new in a city. And so that was my thing for the, I've held out for the first three or four years. and didn't advertise at all hardly because I wanted it to be that way. I knew it would take longer, but I knew that you people the share right their excitement and they want to be, you want to be the one that shares it to your friends and well, it worked. <laughs>
1: Well, if you want to be happy, because I can guarantee you, you just cannot go in Dan's shop without being happy. Definitely. If you're having a day where you just need to have something that sparks your imagination and makes you happy, then go down to City Peanut and say hello to Dan. Or if Dan's not there, he has wonderful staff. And remember, you're helping out small business here in Boise
0: boise is about to get a whole lot more nutty oh boy
2: <laughs> i've heard some great nut jokes over the years
0: <laughs> we'll have to have more of those yeah. well, anyway thank you so much for listening everyone cheers thank you everybody welcome to the treasure valley in boise the city of trees as one of the fastest growing areas in the entire nation finding the right home is only as important as finding the right realtor and who better in the treasure valley than regina collins realtor Licensed in both Idaho and California and self-employed since 1999, Regina Collins prides herself on a strong business and marketing background. With years of experience owning and operating full-staff businesses, Regina Collins is ready to work for you. Specializing in relocation, veterans and military families, listings, buyers, commercial, new homes, contingencies, and solar. Regina Collins is able to offer the whole package for her buyers. Whether you are new to Boise, want a better lifestyle for you and your family, or just want to get to know this area better, Regina Collins is honored to help you with this process. For more, visit reginaforhomes.com.
1: Need help growing your business? It's what you don't know that will cost you. Toulouse Peer Advisory Groups is here for every stage of business growth. Find out more at T-A-L-L-O-O.com.
0: The Table Rock podcast is brought to you by Coffee and Supply Co. Looking for a new coffee experience? Try Coffee and Supply Co. Located in Eagle, Idaho. It's family owned and features a pour over bar, my favorite, and a unique bites menu including vegan and gluten free options all locally sourced. Mention Speak Boise and receive 10% off any food and beverage. Visit www.coffeeandsupplyco.com or follow them at social media at Coffee and Supply Co. Y'all, thanks for joining our podcast.
1: We loved having you. Please subscribe and think about leaving a review. Your comments are always appreciated.
0: And don't forget to follow us on social media at BoyFood on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers!